0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule.
1: The war-torn village in Ukraine lay in ruins, its once vibrant streets now haunted by the echoes of destruction. Our Navy SEAL team, under the leadership of Mark, ventured into this desolate landscape on a covert mission to gather crucial intel in the aftermath of the devastating conflict with Russian forces. Mark, an unconventional leader with a knack for humor and occasional gambling, provided a unique dynamic to our team. As we scoured the area, inspecting the bodies of fallen soldiers and civilians, a sense of eerie anticipation hung in the air. It was then that we unwittingly stumbled upon an entrance leading to a hidden underground lair. Curiosity mingled with caution as we descended into the depths. Our senses alert to any potential threats. What awaited us in that subterranean chamber defied all reason and comprehension— A monstrous cryptid, a grotesque fusion of a giant snake, a ferocious werewolf, and adorned with menacing antler horns, emerged from the shadows. The creature's mere presence exuded an aura of malevolence, its eyes gleaming with primal hunger. A battle of survival ensued as our training and instincts kicked in. We fought with valor and determination, exploiting every weakness we could find. Through a combination of strategic flanking, blinding the creature, and relentless firepower, we managed to bring the beast to its knees. However, victory proved to be short-lived as our celebrations were cut short. We quickly realized that we had been surrounded by Russian forces who had been lying in wait for us. Outnumbered and outgunned, we were swiftly captured and taken into captivity. In the dark confines of our prison cells, we grappled with a mix of frustration, anger, and fear. Questions swirled in our minds about the nature of the cryptid we had encountered and how it came to be in that hidden lair. Our priority now shifted from survival against the creature to finding a way to escape our captors and ensure the safety of our team. Days turned into weeks as we endured the harsh realities of captivity. We devised plans using our training and resourcefulness to exploit any weaknesses in our captors defenses. Finally an opportunity presented itself and with calculated precision we launched our escape. Under the cover of darkness we fought our way to freedom using the skills honed through years of training. Our camaraderie and unwavering determination propelled us forward overcoming obstacles and evading pursuit. With each passing mile, we drew closer to reaching safety and delivering our vital findings to the NATO base in Germany. As we regrouped at the base, battered but triumphant, we reported our encounters with the cryptid and the harrowing ordeal of our capture. Our revelations sparked concern among NATO forces, igniting discussions about the true extent of the Russian threat. Our mission was far from over, We had survived the clutches of both a monstrous creature and our captors, and now our duty called us to continue the fight. With renewed resolve, we prepared ourselves for the next phase, knowing that the secrets we held could have far-reaching implications for the conflict in Ukraine and the stability of the region. This is a true story. About two years ago, my boyfriend at the time, and I decided to go on a hike right before the sunset, which, yes, sounds dumb, but it's something we had done multiple times before with no issues. There was something about the eeriness of the woods at night that I liked, not so much my boyfriend thought. To start our hike, we had to go through really tall plants and bushes. We were practically in the middle of nowhere. About a mile into the hike, we came across some abandoned structures and sat down to take a breather. I'm not sure exactly what my BF said to make me do this, but as a joke, I whistled and said, See, nothing whistled back. We're alone. Not even twenty seconds after saying that, we heard a whistle. It was a bit of ways from us, but still too close for our liking. We immediately started booking it in the opposite direction of the whistle and didn't look back. After running for as long as we could, we realized we were lost. We wandered around for about 10 minutes before we stumbled across some train tracks that led back into town about a mile or two down the way. It's important to note that these tracks had thick woods lining both sides. The right side is where we came from. At this point, we were walking as we had run out of energy and felt safe. We were wrong to assume that we were safe. We got to the point where we could see the lights from town, maybe a quarter to half a mile away. Down the tracks a little bit, we could very faintly see the outline of what looked to be a deer coming out of the right side of the woods. It stopped in the middle of the tracks and just stood there. I attempted to shine my flashlight. Note, this flashlight was pretty dim. It was a random one found in the back of the junk drawer. On it, but as soon as I lifted my light up, it fled. Now I say fled because ran would not be an accurate way to describe the way it moved. The best way I can describe it is that it looked like it had four broken legs and its body was very low to the ground, yet it had unbelievable speed. It almost looked like a a bent and twisted monster out of a horror movie. I shined my light into the woods to left of us, as that's where it had ran, and when I did, I saw two glowing eyes that looked to be at least ten feet in the air. My boyfriend said, what is that, in a very concerned tone. I told him I don't know. Don't look at it, just run. We ran and ran until eventually we reached town and walked back home. This happened about two years ago, and I've tried to come up with logical explanation. After explanation of what I saw that night, and still to this day I can never find a solid logical answer other than it being something paranormal. I refused to believe what I had seen for a long time but I know what I saw and I know I'm not crazy as there was another person that witnessed the same thing as me. My Biff never spoke of it again and refused to speak about it when I would talk about it. I never went hiking at night after that day. I remember opening my eyes and being in a very dark forest. I had nothing but a flashlight and was walking in a set direction that I had no explicable reason for doing so. I looked around and noticed there were other people very close by to me with flashlights and were also walking in the direction I was. From what I could infer, we seemed to be a search party of some sort. There were three other people besides me. An average-looking couple that was composed of a man and a woman and a grizzled looking veteran man who stayed behind us. I assumed this was to make sure we didn't fall behind. This man reminded me a lot of William Bill Overbeck from the L4D video game. He struck me as the kind of person who was experienced and knowledgeable. Anyway, as we walked for a bit, I suddenly heard the veteran man yell out in horror from behind me. I turned around along with a couple only to realize he was gone. The couple and I ran. I ran because in my head I was thinking, the most experienced person just got taken by something. What the F was I going to be able to do? As I ran, I heard the woman scream behind me. Tears were forming in my eyes. I didn't even look back this time. I just heard the man yell and run back after her, only to hear him scream shortly afterward. I was terrified, remembering it clearly, tears in my eyes, and seeing my own flashlight bob up and down as I tried to haul ass through this endless pitch. Black forest. Eventually, nothing happened. I felt as if I was running for a while. I was sick of it. Whatever this thing was, it was behind me. I stopped in my tracks and took a deep breath. I turned around and shone my flashlight forwards, and there it was. This thing looked horrid gangly and pale gray. It had very long and thin arms. The worst part of this thing was its face. It had these empty pits for eyes, just large black holes. Same thing with its mouth, just a gaping abyss. It just stared at me before it started making these horrid sounds. It sounded to me like it was trying to breathe, but it was immensely labored or had an obstruction blocking its airway. The best way I can describe it was like Satan crossed with a pug trying to breathe, and it was very loud, too. I felt cornered, but I was sick of running. I took a stance and raised my arms. I wanted to show this thing I wasn't scared. That's when it hit me. I couldn't move. I couldn't raise my arms. And this thing knew it slowly, methodically trudged to me, making those god-awful sounds and stopped right beside my ear. I shut my eyes tightly and opened them again. It was gone. It is important to note, when I did this, it felt like I woke up. So I was confused as to why I was in a forest. Hell, I still had my flashlight. Only to hear the most blood-curdling scream imaginable coming from straight in front of me. And this thing burst straight from the thicket, barreling towards me, arms outstretched towards me. Right as it was about to get me, I woke up. I was hyperventilating for some reason. I thought this thing was in my room, looming over my bed, watching me. It was only when I felt my dog beside me. I calmed down immensely and fell back asleep. I woke up the next morning. When I was a teenager in Kentucky, there was a hiking spot about 30-40 men out of town named Indian Falls. When it would rain, it would be an awesome series of waterfalls going about 150 yards in length, dropping about 200 or so feet along the way. We would park along the road that led to the trail where there was a very long drop of around 300 feet or so. The trail led down to the waterfall where most of the time it was very dry and polluted with large junk like a refrigerator in an old car that has been swept down with heavy rain. It was also a hangout spot that kids would leave beer cans and spray their initials on the hollowed-out recesses along the cliff walls, though it was never occupied any time I visited. At the very bottom was a pasture. One of my friends and I hiked down to the bottom one day because he thought he might find some random growing marigona. I knew if we found anything growing, we'd best stay the F away from it, because growers can stake rattlesnakes close to patches or set up shotgun traps. We eventually headed in the direction of the road and found that it connected at the bottom, so we didn't have to climb up the waterfall to get back to the path. As we were walking on the road back to the car and it came into view, I could see something on it that I couldn't make out. When we got closer, I could see a cloud of flies hovering over a dark shape. Finally, when I was fifty feet from the car, I could tell what it was. Someone and they'd left the head of a deer on the hood of my car blood and tendons and everything. Like it was in their truck and they stopped to decapitate it and leave it on my truck. I took it as a message to stay the hell away and I've never been back. So a few years ago, I took up hunting with my stepdad, as is tradition in his family. He's from northern Ontario, and we only hunt to fill our freezers. The first morning of my first hunt, I went out to my watch an hour and a half early, like the knob that I was. Let me tell you, there is nothing creepier than sitting in the bush in the pitch black, waiting for the sun to come up, and you can't even see your hand six inches from your face. Anyways, maybe about half an hour into sitting there and shitting my pants, I feel what I thought was a slight touch across the back of my neck. I shiver, turn around. Nothing there. Again, dark as F. Not the smartest guy here. Maybe five minutes later, same thing. Now I'm really creeped out. I clutch my gun closer than ever and call out, Hello, someone there. No answer, of course. Swearing to myself, I turn around again hoping that it's just my imagination. No pee. Few minutes pass by, same goddamn thing again. This time I jump up, stumble over a branch, or maybe a rock, and eat dirt. Just as I'm about to get myself up, something grabs the back of my jacket and yanks me onto my ass. At this point, I'm screaming. Then I realize whatever the F is, there is screaming back. Then it dawns on me, that's hysterical laughter, not screaming. My stepdad spent half an hour creeping out to me just to scare the daylights out of me on my first hunt. I had to answer some pretty embarrassing questions about all the screaming before dawn when I got back to camp for lunch. I love that guy. My friend and I were camping at a large national park, and we knew there were other people in yelling distance away, but we never saw them. We're sleeping one night in our single tent, and I woke up to very heavy, half-dragging, labored running steps in the gravel ground, twigs, and it is coming towards us i'm trying to listen closer to it and it's for sure a person or something with two legs and then i hear some word i can't understand being repeated over and over again in this exhausted super heavy breathing almost whipster yell this guy is yelling this nonsense word but is still attempting to walk run drag their feet and they are 100 percent coming closer to our tent the guy gets crazy close to our tent It's pitch black at this point. It's impossible to know if he saw it or not. Keeps repeating this word and walks, runs, drags his feet past. I'm so scared I'm crying. I get now why people cry in horror movies. And I'm trying to get my friend to wake up. They're the kind of person who wakes up with huh. What? He wakes up and I explain what happened and how we need to get to our car that is parked close to our tent, maybe ten steps away. He tells me it's fine, that he didn't hear anything, and that the guy was clearing running away. I'm shaking and pleading we go to the car. Twenty minutes pass, and the same running is coming towards us. But even slower, and with even more labored breathing, the guy is now yelling, Is anyone there? Anyone? And whispering that nonsense word to himself, and then running, stopping, and yelling anyone... At one point, he was so close to our tent, his breathing felt like it was right over us. He very slowly dragged his feet past again. This is a huge, huge national park. For this guy to make this way all the way around is amazing, especially in the time he did it. My friend looks me in the eye and mouths, get to the car. We run to the car and just stayed there awake, scared until the sun came up. About a year ago, I finished work late and had arranged to stay at a friend's house afterwards to get stoned. I decided I'd go home first and shower, eat, and charge my phone, which I forgot to do. As I'm about to set off, I notice it started to rain pretty heavy and decided I'd walk through the woods and cut my journey time in half. I had walked through these woods a hundred times before and never had anything strange or unsettling happen before day or night. Within five minutes of entering the woods, I get the feeling someone is right behind me. I check and no one is, but I still had this uneasy and paranoid feeling. I end up glancing back over my shoulder every 10, 20 seconds before I forced myself to stop being paranoid and man up. After walking for another 10 minutes or so, I realized the rain has stopped and apparently so had everything else because there was no sound at all other than my breathing and footsteps. I stood still and listened to this deafening silence for a minute before I got that awful someone who stood less than a foot behind you, turn around right now, feeling that I had when I first entered. And before I could even think about turning my head, I felt something brush against my back. Now, at this point, I'm pretty much paralyzed with fear and just stood staring straight ahead and holding my breath for what felt like a lifetime, hoping it was my imagination until I felt the same brushing, feeling on my shoulder. This time, I immediately sprinted as fast as I could straight ahead. The ground was a little wet from the rain and I ended up slipping and hitting my head on a tree trunk hard enough that I felt immediately sick and dizzy. I tried to carry on running but my balance was awful and I kept sliding all over the place in the mud. I eventually just collapsed into some bushes and tried to call my friend but my phone had died. I did eventually manage to get to my feet again and kept going. I couldn't run because I was too dizzy, but the entire time I was speed walking out of those woods, I still felt uneasy, and it was still dead quiet. To this day, I'm unsure if anything was actually there with me. I know it wasn't a branch from a tree that brushed against me because no branches were that low next to the trail that I was walking on, but even if I just imagined something touching me, nothing could explain how quiet it got. I felt like I wasn't welcome there. My name is Judy Cook, and my husband Mick and I have been dealing with a strange occurrence on our remote central Queensland property. Over the past 18 years, we have found 20 cows that have been killed in the same peculiar way, with their organs removed with surgical precision and without any blood left at the scene. The most recent incident occurred just six months ago when we discovered a cow's carcass with its udder, cheek, and tongue cleanly removed. Once again, there was no blood or evidence of movement at the site. We can't explain how this is happening, but we have come to the conclusion that it might be aliens. How is it happening? It must have something that lifts it up and puts it down and doesn't leave any marks, I told the Daily Mercury. Aliens are the only explanation I have got initially we never believed in the supernatural. However, after seeing strange lights in the sky around our property, we have started to think that something not human might be responsible. One night there was a light in the distance, very bright. We couldn't tell how close it was, my husband, Mick said. It looked like it was just on the boundary of the property where I had found a mob of cattle out that way the next day who looked terrorized, and they started running as soon as I got close to them which was very strange. We run 1,100 cattle on a 14-
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: In 1,600-hectare property west of Yungela, about 80 kilometers west of Mackay, and we are not isolated. Despite this, we are still grappling with the bizarre occurrences on our land. This is kind of a long story, but the creepiest thing happened to me, and I really need to tell this story while the details are still fresh in my mind. Although I'm pretty certain I'll never forget it. For some reason, I feel like this is important, and I need to share. Last night, May 31, June 1, 2020, I went to Chesapeake, Ohio, to a friend's house to play music and sing. We jammed until around 3 a.m., when we left, we headed towards Proctorville, Ohio, to take the bridge into Huntington, West Virginia. That stretch of road runs alongside the Ohio River. It is dark and there aren't many streetlights, So it was dark and last night it was cold. We were talking and trying to get the heat going when all of a sudden a tall black figure appeared seemingly out of nowhere on the side of the road. Literally right beside my door, passenger side. We were going around fifty, sixty miles per hour and this thing didn't budge. I felt it though. No other way to explain it except that it was so close to my door that I felt it. And what I felt was wrong. It was sinister and did not come from a place of good. It looked like it was about 7-8 feet tall. We were in a pickup truck. A Dodge Ram, I believe. It was so tall that my friend, who was driving, said maybe it was a road work, road work, a black tarp draped over it. It was taller than the truck. It looked shrouded, almost like it had wings, but they were wrapped around its body. It appeared out of nowhere and it seemed like it leaned toward the truck as we passed by it. So close that I felt it, like in my soul and in my skin. So close that if my window had been down, I could have touched it. It made me actually shiver as we drove by it. I am an empath, and I'm telling you this thing sent me everything it had, and it had nothing but darkness to send. I've never felt anything that creepy before, like to the core. We were both shaken by it. I still am. My friend wanted to turn around and go back to see what it was. I did not. Fast forward a little bit. We get to the bridge, and of course it's closed so we end up having to turn around and go back towards Chesapeake, which meant we had to go back through that same stretch of road again. And right as we're getting ready to pass another car, that thing comes out from behind the car and looked like it was floating or gliding across the road, and it crouched down almost like it was getting ready to pounce or take off. It was then I could see the top of its head, which was shiny and black. My friend said maybe it was a person on a skateboard because of the way it was gliding or floating in the middle of the road. They then proceeded to say that it was some jeepers creepers. All I know is this. It was not a seven feet person dressed in all black at three in the morning. This was not human. It was evil. And I hope I never experience it again. Has anyone else seen this figure? If so, please let me know. I need to discuss what happened. Stay safe friends. I was hunting solo in a high-pressure AITC unit four years ago. First time elk hunting and first time hunting the west. It was early September and I had been into elk the two days I had been hunting. I was sitting in a clearing around 5 p.m. waiting for it to get closer to dusk and licking my wounds from earlier that day. I had blown an opportunity at a bull earlier cold calling. Grew impatient 20 minutes into the setup and got up to move and sure enough 30 yards away over a knoll was a bull that promptly got out of town. So there I was sulking in a clearing and decided to fix myself a snack to cheer myself up. In typical poor early 20s fashion, most of my meals and snacks were Raymond noodles cooked in a Ziploc bag halfway through boiling water for the ramen, I start hearing cow calls. Great, I thought some hunters came and set up near me, worsening my mood. To my disbelief, two cows and a calf stepped out of the woods, less than 100 yards from me, with a wooded draw in between us. I quickly shut off the stove and figured I could head down that draw and come out close enough to get a shot at one of them. I started sneaking down the draw and about halfway there decided to stop and throw a few cow calls their way and see if I could get them to come up to me. The cows came to the wooded edge but wouldn't come up to me and eventually lost interest and began feeding again, so I decided I'd press on and see if I could get a shot as they were just over a knoll about 50 yards away. I started creeping along again when all of a sudden the brush ten feet in front of me exploded and a huge mountain lion went sprinting past me. I can still vividly picture the muscle definition in the lion's rear quarters and the thickness of its tail as it bounded away from me. I stood there in absolute shock and disbelief of what I had just seen and witnessed for a few minutes. Once I pulled myself together, I proceeded thirty yards and ended up shooting my first elk. Due to work commitments, I had to begin packing right away, so ended up packing her out around midnight, right back through where I had jumped the lion hours before. If that experience didn't hook me for life, I don't know what will. I now carry a pistol with me whenever I'm in the woods. I'm fairly confident that lion was stalking the young calf and was oblivious to me sneaking along until I began cow calling just feet away from it, and it couldn't see me but that's just speculation. I remember the day vividly. The rain was pouring down and I was hunting caribou with my friend in eastern Alaska. We had been on the trail for a few hours when we saw a man riding down the trail on a four-wheeler. He stopped us and asked if we had a satellite phone he looked panicked and told us that his girlfriend was dead in their tent when he woke up without a second thought we gave him our fawn and watched as he frantically dialed for help we waited with him for a while and then he took off back up the trail towards his campsite we decided to continue hunting hoping that help would arrive soon later that day we saw a trooper on a four-wheeler with a side-by-side following with ems on the side head up the trail We assumed it was for the man's girlfriend and felt relieved that help had finally arrived. However, as we continued hunting, we kept an eye on the state trooper daily dispatches, but there was no mention of the incident. It was strange, and we couldn't help but wonder what had really happened. Days turned into weeks, and we couldn't shake off the feeling of unease. We decided to talk to a park ranger about the incident, hoping that they would have some information. The park ranger listened intently to our story and then told us that there had been reports of a dangerous predator in the area. They suspected that it may have been responsible for the man's girlfriend's death and that the trooper dispatch was kept quiet to avoid causing panic. Hearing this sent chills down our spines. We realized just how lucky we were to have made it out of there unscathed. We thanked the park ranger for the information and promised ourselves that we would never take the dangers of the wilderness for granted again. I was always fascinated by the stories my son Jack told me about his discovery of Bigfoot Cave. I remember the excitement in his voice as he recounted the tale of how he stumbled upon the cave during his senior year of high school. He and his friends had decided to explore the cave in the spring of 1994, but what they found there was beyond their wildest dreams. As I listened to Jack's story, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. The thought of my son encountering some strange creature up there in the woods was terrifying to me, but Jack was always fearless and adventurous, just like his old man. According to Jack, they had arrived at the cave around 4 p.m. and saw a gigantic, long-haired creature standing at the entrance. They were so scared that they quickly left and ran to a landing far above the cave, where they heard moaning sounds. A week later, Zane, one of Jack's friends, decided to visit the landing. It was a beautiful day, and he and his wife planned to camp there for the night. But at midnight, they were awoken by the eerie sound of moaning and Zane's wife refused to ever go camping again. As a park ranger, I had heard many stories of Bigfoot sightings, but I never really believed in them until now. Jack's account of his encounter had me intrigued, and I decided to investigate further. I wanted to see if there was any evidence to support his claim of a creature living in Bigfoot Cave. I organized a team of experts and headed to the cave with latest equipment for detecting any signs of life. As we entered the cave, we could feel the eerie presence of something or someone watching us. Suddenly, we heard the same moaning sounds that Zane had reported. We froze in our tracks, unsure of what to do next. But then I remembered my training and reminded myself that I was a park ranger, and it was my duty to investigate further. We pushed forward, following the sounds until we came to a small opening in the cave wall. And there, to our surprise, we saw the unmistakable footprints of a large creature with four toes. I knew then that Jack and his friends were telling the truth. There was indeed something living in Bigfoot Cave. I made sure to report my findings to the authorities and to take all necessary precautions to protect the public from any potential danger. As for me, I still think about that moaning sound in the night and what it might mean. But I am grateful for the experience, as it opened my eyes to the mysteries that lie hidden in the forest, waiting to be discovered. I have a story to tell, but you might not believe me. I was working as a ranger in a small state park in California. It was late September, and the number of hikers was dwindling. I was patrolling the trails, checking on things, and making sure everything was safe. During lunchtime, I sat down in an open field to eat my favorite tuna sandwich. Suddenly, I froze with a bite still in my mouth when I saw two dark eyes moving between trees to my right. I saw something large watching me, and then I heard branches and twigs snapping. It was trying to evade being seen. Then I heard deep breaths, almost like heavy panting or wheezing. I got up and left immediately, but it followed me, moving briskly through the trees. I picked up my pace, but everything around me felt quiet, and I began to feel very uncomfortable. I think it followed me for a couple of miles before finally stopping. To this day, I have no way to account for what it was that I saw, and I don't want to think about it. Ever since I can remember, my cabin nestled in the heart of western Pennsylvania has been a vortex of odd occurrences. Though scattered neighbors punctuate the landscape, for the most part, the place is secluded, swathed by vast expanses of deep woods. Over the years, peculiar happenings have become the norm, adding an intriguing, if slightly unnerving, backdrop to my cabin life. There's a neighbor who is bizarrely convinced that a Canadian invasion is imminent. He's resorted to stashing away secret catches of weapons and food throughout the forest, preparing for a standoff that, to everyone else's knowledge, will never come. Then there's the unhinged man who constructed a watchtower over his own house, using it as a vantage point for his disturbing deeds. He killed his wife in cold blood attempted to erase his ghastly act by setting her body aflame. The morbid spectacle of it all left an indelible stain on the otherwise tranquil woods. Bigfoot sightings are part of the lore around here, too. It may seem unbelievable, but once you're here, in these isolated, sometimes eerie woods, it somehow doesn't seem so far, fetched. I remember one twilight evening sitting on the porch nursing a warm cup of coffee. A rustling from the dense thicket made me sit up. Peering into the near darkness I discerned a massive silhouette bipedal, shaggy and decidedly non-human it moved with a lumbering grace that was strangely hypnotic our eyes locked for a breathless moment before it melted back into the forest. That sighting forever blurred the line between myth and reality for me We even have a local witch who's rumored to reside in the vicinity. She's rarely seen, but every now and then, someone will claim to have caught sight of her on a road aptly named Hexy Road. Whether she's real or a figment of collective imagination, she adds another layer to the tapestry of our peculiar locale. At night, mysterious crying often pierces the otherwise tranquil woodland soundscape. I tend to chalk it up to mountain lions though I've never actually laid eyes on one here. Finally, the cabin's sinister history is rounded off with another murder over a love triangle gone terribly wrong. It's the kind of incident that would make headlines in a big city. But here, it just adds to the peculiar charm of the place. Despite the unnerving chain of events, there's something about the cabin that holds me captive. The allure of the isolation, the beauty of the wilderness and even the strange happenings all combine into a curious charm. However, I must admit, the eerie ambience has kept me from hunting in these woods for the past five years. Who knows what one might encounter in the eerie silence of a western Pennsylvania forest. This one starts in a local park around a year ago. For context, this park, although in a nice suburban area, is supposedly notorious for being rough. However, in my countless hours walking there, this is the only vaguely scary experience I have had. I have never felt anything but comfortable otherwise. I was standing by an entrance to the park, maybe twenty feet inside of it, at 2 a.m. in the morning. It was pitch black. I couldn't see a few feet in the front of me. The only light is the faint twinkle of streetlights beyond the far side of the park. As I'm standing there, earphones in with music as always, I could have sworn I saw some movement in the distance. I squint my eyes and focus on a spot on the far side, trying to make out what I noticed for maybe ten seconds. At this point, I realize I'm not looking into the distance. I'm looking directly at someone a mere ten or so feet in front of me. I shit you not, that feeling of realization is the single most powerful thing I have ever felt in my life. Felt like I was in a horror movie, heart racing. I turn around and book it to the entrance behind me and start walking down the street towards my home. I'm fairly shaken up, but you know, there's nothing to indicate the guy had any sinister intentions or even knew I was there. Could have been doing same thing as me. I'm now under the streetlights, walking past some well-off houses, which felt like safety to me. However, I then turned around and saw a hooded man, a stereotypical roadman, as we would call them, emerge from the same entrance as me and turn my direction. He was around the same distance I would have expected had me started leaving the same time as me. Around ten, fifteen feet behind me, again nothing sinister, probably, I thought. But just to be careful, I picked up the pace a bit. This street is around 200 feet before it merges with a main road. After around halfway, I turned around and see this guy is directly behind me, 10 feet as he was earlier. I think to myself, well, that's weird. I'm walking pretty fast, and this guy is kept up. So now I start to walk as fast as I possibly can without breaking out into a run. I specifically remember going as fast as a walk would allow me to. I maintain this for another 100 odd feet until I get to the main road. Then I turn around and this guy is literally five feet behind me. He is closer than he was before I sped up rapidly. Borderline pant shitting moment. I full on ran all the way home. Barefoot in sliders by the way. Without looking behind me until I got to my front door. And that was that. Never saw him again. Could be a coincidence. Sure. Maybe I happened upon a 2 a.m. power walker. But also maybe I almost got robbed. I don't know. If I had, it would be in a different subreddit. LOL. Thanks for reading if you did. I have more stories too, but I've been writing these for an hour or two. And my eyes hurt for the amount of time I have spent out in the dark. Most of which is in the woods. I have surprisingly few stories, got a few potentially paranormal ones too, but they aren't allowed here, consider myself kinda lucky to be honest, think I was tempting fate for quite some time. I was up in a tree stand overlooking a small clearing in the woods a couple years ago hunting whitetail. I didn't see anything all day, and the sun was starting to set. At about that time, two coyotes came from under my stand and were in the clearing playing and wrestling with each other. This didn't scare me at all, and I was enjoying getting to watch them from my stand while the sun set. They both stopped, though, and looked in the same direction, and then trotted off. I didn't really think anything of it at first. Figured they maybe caught my scent or something and started tying my bow to the strap I used to lower it when what I swore was a huge mountain lion came out and slowly made its way across the clearing. This did petrify me, especially considering I was about a mile or so hike through the woods to our house. I waited for a bit hoping that it kept moving away from me, lowered my bow, and climbed down from the stand. As quickly and quietly as I could, I ran back to the house through what was now very dark woods. Bobcats are native to where I hunt, but mountain lions aren't. My family, who was also on the property hunting, swore it was just a bobcat for this reason. But this thing was huge, and I know what I saw. A report came out a couple weeks later of a confirmed lion spotting the game camera in my area, and I didn't go back out that year coyotes and bears don't really bother me. They could obviously harm me, but almost never actually do. But knowing a mountain lion could be coming from behind me scared the shit out of me,